Welcome, everybody, to the Falcon Paladin Hour. I am here with Wade. Welcome to the second edition of this podcast. Thanks to everybody who subscribed already. And if you haven't subscribed, please consider doing so. We're committed to doing this every single week. Just an hour a week, not too much of a commitment. And let's get right on into it here. How are things going, Wade? Ah, pretty good. How are you? Doing pretty well. Glad to hear the numbers as far as the subs go on this mm. podcast. Um, look to see, look to see if those will grow, and I think they will over time here. So I think last time we teased that we were going to talk about E3, which was last week. Mm -hmm. At this point, there's been some time for people to digest what they've seen, get some reactions out. We may be a little bit late to the party, but I think we can add some interesting things here too. And for those of you who didn't follow E3, maybe this is the first time you're going to hear about some of the games that were announced. And I guess for those of you who don't know, I guess we should maybe just start at the ground floor here. Um, E3 is just a gaming convention. They just talk uh, about games that are coming out. In the future, new consoles are announced as well. All the big players are there, Sony, Nintendo, uh, Microsoft, Bethesda, uh, Rockstar Games. I mean, all everybody's there. A lot of indie stuff as well. For a while, I don't know if you remember this, but they didn't. They stopped allowing fans to attend E3 for a certain amount of time. Do you remember this? Uh, I do vaguely remember this. I remember more that they shut it down for a few years. Like it just didn't happen because they thought it was getting too big and noisy. Right. Yes. So it did disappear for a while. There was also one year or two. I can't remember where they didn't allow fans to come, and it was just industry insiders like people who work directly mm. for the gaming industry and then they said that was a really bad idea <laughs> we, <laughs> we need we need the energy we need the energy of the fans mm. uh to make e3 what it is and since then it's just been it's been a big deal so anyway that's e3 it came out that was last week over a few days it was all streamed on twitch which i'm not when did they start doing that pass i don't know but they're doing it and so people have been watching i know yeah, um, it might be the first year, actually. No, I don't think it's the first year because I know Total Biscuit and his wife last year also rehosted the stream and then snarked over it, and they did the same thing this year. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I know this because while I was catching up on the conferences, I accidentally clicked onto their Sony one for last year, and I'm like, this looks awfully familiar, but there's a British man talking at me. <laughs> <laughs> I need to check that out. I like Total Biscuit a lot. Mm. I think that'd be fun. It is very fun. Indeed. All right. So let's, I guess the first thing I kind of want to do is maybe get, what was the game or the announcement that most impressed you uh, at E3 this year? It's a toss up between Anthem and mm. Wolfenstein 2. Okay. I, I, I'm with you on Wolfenstein 2. It looks ridiculously cool. We'll talk about that in a second. Sell me on Anthem. It just kind of looks like a Destiny Halo hybrid. Yeah, and so that, that's basically why I like it because it looks like okay. a Destiny, <laughs> and, I, <laughs> and I put uh, I think four hundred hours into the original Destiny before I oh. basically had to stop playing. I am happy for there to be competition for Destiny too. So. Okay, so there we go. That is the why. If you're a fan of Destiny, if you're a fan of Halo, this is the best of both worlds, and it will be better. I mean, it says it's from Bioware, but let's be honest, Bioware is basically EA, EA right now. They were bought out. They were changed. Yeah. Um, if it was real, like, straight up Bioware from back in the day, I might be a little bit more excited. Because that's the thing with Destiny, right? I think I mentioned last time on the podcast, I'm a sucker for lore and for story and stuff. And I have, from what I've heard about Destiny, it's a little short on those things. It kind of pretends like there's a big whole story and stuff going on. But in the end... It's a little shallow in that area. Is that a fair characterization? 100% uh, accurate. Okay. You, you can summarize the story of the original Destiny 
as go to this website instead. (laughs) (laughs) Because that's literally what they told you to do. They had Uh a system where you collect grimoire cards, which were just like little lore tidbits. Like you'd fight an enemy and be like, these are the fallen. And then at the bottom it'd say, for the full story, go to grimoire.com forward slash destiny or something. Oh... Yeah. That's not great. And there were cutscenes where there were characters who would, I literally don't have time to tell you why I don't have time to explain what's going on. <laughs> Just go over here and shoot some stuff. Okay, so yeah, I'm 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 hopeful. I'm hopeful that Anthem does better with the story thing. Mm. Um, I mean, because right, reading about it, it's an alien world where humanity has been driven to the brink of extinction and lives behind a walled city. I mean, it, that might just be as far as they take it, but it looks absolutely gorgeous like i am blown away by some of these gameplay trailers and videos that we saw Mm. um at e3 so if nothing else i'm expecting beauty but we have been misled by beautiful trailers in the past oh yeah definitely like does anyone remember watchdogs oh watchdogs what a disappointment yeah yeah uh battlefront 2 looks really good but again battlefront 2 looks really good but you know like it first one's gameplay was kind of rubbish and there was no story in a Star Wars game. Come on. Come on. I was I was so excited. I was like, yes, Battlefront with new generation graphics and updated for the 2010s. And then they're like, it's multiplayer only. And I was like, I'm out. <laughs> yeah, I, I played I'm in, gone. I played in the beta and it was just like, I, I just can't do this. I need, <laughs> I need to be alone in Star Wars sometimes and not have people, you know, spawn camp me with sniper rifles because yes that's yeah. what the bad thing about multiplayer is is that you get spawn camped by people with sniper rifles in every multiplayer game you ever play even if there aren't sniper rifles they'll get them in there somehow so yeah battlefront very excited about that especially with that story if they have one again it's if they have one because no, no, it's they, ea they will have a story in battlefront 2 they already said that okay. they would but they i know didn't, they didn't show any of it at e3 <laughs> That's what I'm worried about. That's all I'm saying. They could backtrack a little bit. Okay, so the Star Wars has a special place in my heart. If that has a story, it, I, I'm, I'm probably going to get it. Let's just say that. Yeah. Let's just say that. So, okay, so for me, it was a toss-up between many, many things. But I think the biggest thing that got the most buzz was Mario Odyssey. As far as people that I've talked to, what I saw on Reddit, like the Reddits love Mario Odyssey so much. And I'm not sure if it's just because they're on Nintendo fanboys or what. But I think part of what they enjoy about it is that it's so it's so madcap. It's so crazy. It's so envelope pushing where Mario is in a real world where Mario can possess you by throwing his hat onto your head. And now you are Mario and there's just a lot of philosophical questions about how that works exactly. And there's dinosaurs and there's frogs and just the trailer just overwhelms you so much. And I think that's part of what is driving a lot of the hype about this game. Because there's just so much to talk about. Mm, I would have to agree. Only I don't own any Nintendo consoles. Just one Nintendo DS that I constantly think about throwing at a brick wall because I have no games for. <laughs> uh, and I've haven't played a Mario game since the Super Mario Brothers two on the Game Boy Color. Wow! Yeah. So you never played uh like the Wii Super Mario Brothers with the nope. four players and. Haven't touched. Okay, that. okay. So you are a little out on the Mario universe. Yeah, just a little. Nintendo universe in general. Yeah. Yeah, but like just watching the gameplay trailer, it's like you can be a fish, you can be a gun turret. 
you, there's a part where you play a guitar and wear a, a sombrero and it looks like you're part of a mariachi band. Like, it's just so insane. We're just used to Mario being a little safe, right? Yeah. As, like, the spokes character for Nintendo. Yeah. He's usually kind of bland. They went wacky with Splatoon being kid ink squid mix thing. And then, but Mario's usually just been, I'm going to jump down pipes and collect coins. He hasn't been possessing people like a ghost. No, and he's never had a, a game set in the human world, like the human human world, which is the, where this is. It's like in a <laughs> city, like a New York City set. <laughs> and so you're right. I mean, Mario has been more about beautiful visuals, incredibly tight gameplay, good gameplay mechanics, good music. It's just pretty. It's kind of the blizzard of the console world a little bit. Not that Overwatch isn't a console game, but... Uh, it's just that's what they've been known for. And so for to take this chance and have all the same thing, have the pretty visuals and the catchy music and the likable characters and then do really crazy stuff with it, I just don't think I've ever seen it before. Mm. So that's why I think that's why it's getting the attention that it's getting. Yeah. And the Mario Rabbits crossover. Oh, <laughs> I forgot about the Rabbids. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you are absolutely correct. The Rabbids is also insane. I, I, what did I see? I saw this really funny cartoon where it's like, hey, Rayman, how's it going? It's like, oh, Mario, I haven't seen you in a while. We're, we're interested in doing a crossover game with your world and ours. And Rayman's like, great, let's do this thing. Like, actually, all we need is the rabbits. And he's like, what? <laughs> and then Mario, like, traipses off happily with all the rabbits and Rayman, like, cries himself to sleep. Oh, jeez. So, yeah, that, I mean, that's what we did. We brought the, of all the things we take for the Rayman universe, which is a wonderfully diverse and beautiful and fun place the rabbits are the last thing i thought they'd bring over so again another choice where nintendo is being intentionally very very weird there is a rabbit who looks like princess peach which is incredibly disturbing i believe she has her own tumblr or twitter account right now somebody linked to on kotaku the other day and it it it's gonna give me nightmares uh, they gave a rabbit a twitter account or a tumblr account oh, specifically the peach rabbit oh, uh, okay um, not just not just anyone. The one that looks like Peach do the that wears her dress. Do the rabbits talk? Like, do they have much to say? Or uh, okay. Now you're making me look this up and make sure I didn't fever dream it. Because I, I, I could have sworn the rabbits just kind of talk in like made up speak and you know gobbledygook basically, where it's you can't actually yeah. understand them. So what would they say on a social media account? That's that's an excellent question. Other than Let me see if I can. <laughs> I bet they know that. That's a first. They do. They yeah. absolutely do. So Princess not Princess Peach. God, what is it? I'd have I'm gonna look look it up. I'm gonna look it up. I'll have a link for us at some point here. But so yeah, that's insane. That's just straight up crazy banana pants. That's gonna be a lot of fun. Uh what else? What else really caught my fancy? What one thing that caught my fancy was no talk about uh, Last of Us 2. Mm. I was totally expecting at least a te they already have a teaser for Last of Us 2. They've got a little two-minute video. Yeah, two-minute video with Ellie, and Joel shows up, and it's just this conversation, and it's really cryptic. And there's already, like, 18 fan theories about what's going on because, of course. Of course. Um, but I was expecting, like, hey, here's another something, but they didn't even talk about it, and it makes me sad because Last of Us is one of the best games I've ever played. Never played it. And you, you probably should. I mean, you'd have to get a PlayStation 3 because it's an exclusive. I have, Do you have one of those? I have a PlayStation 3, but there is a PlayStation oh. 4 remake where it will run at 60 frames yes. per second. That is true. 
Yeah. You have a PlayStation 4? No. Okay. So in that fa- <laughs> in that case, <laughs> let's get you the PlayStation 3 version. But you can get it what the, like on, I don't know, eBay? Oh, eBay yeah. for, I guess, eBay Australia, though. Um, yeah, 20 bucks. Here's a $5 copy yeah, on eBay. I, I mean, it's... I might even you should. just borrow it off someone who already has it because a lot of my friends are just like, we're going to hoard our games. We don't want to trade them in. Oh. Why do you need discs anymore? I haven't bought a disc game in forever. Oh, me neither. But if they have it, that'd be great. That's that's why you have discs is so you can lend them to your friends. It's hard to lend digital stuff, it turns out. I, I think the last games that I lent on discs, I've never gotten back. So, oh. Yeah. So that's why you don't lend stuff. I see. That's why I now have a highly digital movie library instead of buying <laughs> DVDs. Which annoys me because last week you recommended I watch Memento. And yes. I cannot find it anywhere to stream or buy uh, digitally. I have to go and buy a DVD. That's cr- there are certain movies like that mm-hmm. where you can't find it on any streaming service uh, because I don't know if it's licensing issues or what. Yeah, you're right. I usually use Vudu for uh, my streaming service and it's not there. Memento is not there. Where? I, I what? Uh, iTunes has it, but it's not available in Australia. Uh, Google Play Store has it, but it's not available in Australia. Australian Netflix oh. doesn't have it, and the Xbox Digital Store does not have it. Region locking. Yeah. Oh no. Okay, so it is. Google Play has it. It just hates your country. Yeah. That's how this works. Because there, are, there are lots of movies I just cannot get digitally. Uh, right. Yeah. Okay. Well, um, do your best. Uh, we'll talk about that later. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so Last of Us, it is, I, I loved it. I loved it when I first played it. It is like incredibly emotionally heart-wrenching. The characters are 100% real as far as I'm concerned. Like I buy those characters so hard. And I read this thing about it a while ago that explained what it is that's so good. And it really caught my attention. It's that a lot of games try to be cinematic. They try to give a balance between gameplay and being a movie versus giving you exploration versus putting you on a rail And a lot of players kind of try to straddle that line and don't do either one super well. But what Last of Us did is it put you on a rail, pretty much. It gave you the illusion of open world, but you're following a very set path and just did it so well and so beautifully and so affectingly you didn't notice. And that is the magic of that game. So I'm not going to spoil anything else. I'm not going to tell you anything else about it, but it is seriously one of my top five games of all time. And Last of Us 2 is going to get me to buy a PlayStation 4 when it comes out. So the fact that there wasn't a trailer at E3 bums me out. Mm, That's, yeah, fair enough. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so let's talk Wolfenstein. What did you like about that? Uh, Neo-Nazis, like (laughs) shooting Mm. Neo-Nazis in the face with giant wolf... Uh, robots that breathe fire. Um, <laughs> it's hard to argue with. <laughs> there's, there's no real kind of argument to that. <laughs> no. But I was a big fan of the first one. Uh, I, yes. I kind of liked Old Blood, but I didn't finish it, I think, because I played it on Xbox rather than PC. Yeah, and the dual wielding, like shotguns and machine guns, it's super fun shoot of action with a relatively nice story to go along with it which i believe was actually two stories in the first one because depending on a choice you made at the start you got two separate stories it branched out on you yeah Yeah. which normally it's like yeah you can pick either one but it's basically the same thing just a different character apparently it was a a big departure depending on who you picked 
Ah, that sounds very interesting. I do like that when choice actually has consequence. Yeah, so I'm hoping there's more more of that in Wolfenstein 2. Okay, so here's what appeals to me about the story from Wolfenstein 2 as a red-blooded, super-arrogant American is this concept that the Nazis have taken America over, but good luck with that. We're going to fight you off. We're going to win this thing. We're going to go guerrilla warfare on you. And we're going to win this thing from the inside because you can't conquer America. Like that's it just gets all that side of me like totally riled up. And I'm sure I'm not alone <laughs> in that sentiment. Uh, yeah, I'm sure lots of Americans would be very riled up if they were Nazis <laughs> taking over America. In a, in a very literal sense. Yeah. Mm. I do love that it's kind of stuck in the past with their theme and aesthetic. Uh, I really love if you in the trailer when you i keep saying you as though you're playing but you're not because <laughs> right. it, it's a scene where it's in first person and the, like the commandant or whatever walks in and orders a milkshake yeah i just love that scene that was like super intense with like the kid being not really understanding but the woman's old enough to know that we should get out before some stuff goes down <laughs> she's terrified yeah, yeah and it's like this 1950s uh ice cream shop from like back in Americana mm. that doesn't exist anymore. Like it's not in America anymore, really for the most part, but mm. then all the technologies like portable nuclear missile launchers and all that stuff. Yeah. It's an interesting, interesting decision to have that kind of a theme for sure. But yeah, it also looks pretty. I mean, you're looking at it, you're looking at the facial models, you're looking at the movements. Uh, the lighting looks fantastic, but again, we've been, we've been fooled before. So I just want to see what we get when everything pops out with this game. Yeah. Like all games with E3, you're going to have to wait and just, hope that it actually comes out looking something similar to how it's being presented yeah it's sad it's sad but we've been fooled enough times that you would just be stupid to not set your expectations a little bit low based on that mm. all right so that's wolfenstein which it's crazy to me we're still getting wolfenstein games because i played like the original wolfenstein game on my grandparents apple 2gs computer back in 1988 Whoa. and it was brutal visually it looked terrible but you basically start out as a prisoner of the nazis and you have to escape you can steal uniforms and guns and bullet scarcity was a real thing and it was a pretty intense like as far as concept went it was really advanced for its time it just looked like dog because it was 1988 and it was on an apple 2gs so anyway it surprises me like it still kind of shocks me to this day we're still getting new wolfenstein games but i guess people don't get tired of killing nazis we're still getting quake games <laughs> That's true. Not quite as old as the Wolfenstein franchise, but definitely older than dirt. I, I mean, when you think about it, the three three of the biggest games that are coming out, well, were shown, were Quake, Doom, and Wolfenstein. Three of the oldest first-person shooter franchises in the history of the world. Yes, absolutely true. Ooh, ooh, let's talk Assassin's Creed Origins. Oh, you mean Assassin's Witcher Skyrim Origins? Yep. Yeah, that one. Yep. In Egypt. Don't forget that it's in oh, Egypt. Uh, in Egypt, of course. <laughs> because no nothing's more interesting than climbing than a pyramid. Yeah, that's what I was worried about, right? I fell in love with the Assassin's Creed franchise in 2. Assassin's Creed 1 is a lot of fun. It's kind of repetitive. It's like four hours of gameplay. Hmm. It's kind of a proof of concept. But 2 is where they really went nuts with it. And it's set in places like Rome and Valencia and Italian cities where it is the funnest thing in the world to go nuts on these buildings and jump off them. But then you're right. With a pyramid, you get to the top and you jump and you splat on the side <laughs> of the pyramid because you're not clearing that thing. It's like 800 feet tall. Exactly. You can't have a bale of hay just halfway up a pyramid. <laughs> a magical bale of hay. 
So I loved two, three was a little bit, uh, mm. yeah. a little bit, and eh, just because Connor is the main character was a little boring. He didn't really have a personality except he wanted revenge, which is hard. Yeah. And uh, four was excellent and spawned basically two games that got shown it. Yes. Assassin's Creed Pirates is the best Pirates game ever made. Oh, and it's not, not an Assassin. It is not an Assassin's Creed game. It is a Pirates game they decided to make, <laughs> and it's amazing. It's so incredible to me. They took this franchise and they're like, "How can we switch this up?" I don't know. Pirates, I guess. Sure, let's do Pirates. And they knocked it out of the park. I think it's a lot of people's favorite Pirate or Assassin's Creed game, and it's not even really an Assassin's Creed <laughs> game. <laughs> the worst parts about that game are the parts where you have to be an assassin. Yes. I never actually finished the game because I just got tired of being an assassin in that game. I, I just want to be a pirate. Stop gating me behind Assassin's bullshit. Yes, and it's and it, partially because all the buildings in Assassin's Creed Pirates are two stories tall. Sometimes, if you're lucky, one has three stories, and it's just not the same as cavorting around huge Italian cities or just cities across Europe in general. Uh, Revelations was in Spain, I believe. And that was the best part, which is parkouring like a crazy person. And you can't do it when there are four buildings in the town and all of them are one story high. So that is an obstacle for Assassin's Creed Egypt. I don't know how I feel about the weapon system now where you pick up and find weapons with varying attack. Which, yeah. Which is why yeah. Sky Witcher him. <laughs> yes. Witcher. Do, I mean, a lot of games do that. But yes, Witcher is probably one of the better examples of it. Um, where you're just looking for incremental upgrades to what you have based on the dudes that you're killing. Which, I mean, here's the thing. With Assassin's Creed, like that kind of started with 2. You could get upgrades to your weapons in Assassin's Creed 2 and on. But I was like, okay, as long as I can jump off a building with my hidden blade and knife somebody in the neck and one-shot <laughs> them no matter what they're wearing, I don't think I need anything else. So I didn't bother with any of the other special swords or special shooting arrows or daggers or anything. I was just like, hey, you know what? I'm assassinate everybody because that's what I am. Exactly. So I'm I'm hoping that can work in Assassin's Creed Egypt where it's just like I have the hidden blade. I can one shot everything if I'm careful enough about it and stealthy enough. And if I get caught, I can just bail. But I don't know. They might force you into using weapons with situations that require, you know, sword usage, in which case, I don't know. I'll probably stick with it, though. Yeah, I mean, I might give it a try. I skipped Syndicate and Rogue, so I think it's time mm. to come back to it. How about Unity? Did you play that one? For about a minute. Did you get it when it was early and everything I, sucked? I got it after, like, the second or third patch, and it still didn't work for me. Like, Ooh, yeah. that's brutal. Okay, so understandable. Because I stayed away from Unity as well because it was so troubled early on. Um, that I even skipped, yeah, I skipped Rogue, I skipped Syndicate, which by all accounts, I've got a friend at work who she is in love with Syndicate. Like she, some of her favorite characters are in that one and the gameplay is really fun. So I might pull that one up when the Steam summer sale hits here anytime now. I'm just waiting on that. Mm -hmm. And I'll try the Syndicate and then maybe that will roll me into in the mood to get Egypt when it comes out, but... Or it'll burn you out that you never want to touch it again. Entirely, entirely possible. I get 60 hours into it and be like, no more assassins. One thing I am really excited about, though, is the eagle vision with a literal eagle. Right? Yeah. Like you, you have a hawk that you basically look through their eyes and scouts places out. That sounds kind of fun. Yeah. And it's been done. I know it's been done. Yeah, they nabbed it from Far Cry Primal. Yeah. That's fine. That's how you build genres. Yeah, mechanics, it's so. 
Well, it's okay. The phrase I like to use is everything is a remix. And this is something I think you can watch. I think it's just on, it's on YouTube, I think. But uh, there's this guy who goes through and kind of exhaustively tries to prove that everything is a remix. Every song you've ever heard is borrowing something from somebody. And every movie you've ever seen and book you've ever read is borrowing something from somebody. There's no such thing as true out of nowhere creation. So yeah, that's how stuff is built. You look and see what other games have done. They've done well. You borrow it. You improve on it. And then somebody else is the same thing to you in five years. And we just repeat the cycle. I have no problem with people doing that uh, because how can I? (laughs) (laughs) Everyone's guilty of it. If you've created anything you've borrowed from somebody else somewhere, you can't avoid it. It's impossible. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Yes. Yes, we are. (laughs) (laughs) I don't don't know what else to say to that. No, we're just, it's hard when you agree on podcasts because then it's like everything dies. It's like, oh, there's no debate about this at all. Hmm. Although I, saw, <sighs> I did see on Twitter that you're hyped for Spider-Man. Yeah, I am kind of hyped for Spider-Man. I mean, it's basically the Batman Arkham series with a Spider-Man skin, which is fine because the Batman Arkham series is really fun stuff. Batman Arkham Asylum is also one of my favorite games of the last forever Um just because I felt like Batman, on if that explains it enough. And this game, based on the gameplay that I've seen, which again could be a total lie, I think it makes you feel like Spider-Man. There was a Spider-Man game on the 360 that had 1,200 collectibles. Whoa. I think I found them all. <laughs> <laughs> Just because you loved the free roam so much. Yeah. yeah. And I don't think I played more than... Five percent of the story right you just yeah. spend all your time running around picking stuff up yeah because the combat was basically garbage <laughs> but <laughs> uh, the new one it looks fun because it's arkham style yeah yeah arkham style and what i like it just seems like you have a lot of creative possibilities when taking down bad guys it's not like either you can kick them or punch them or wrap them up in your web the end which is a lot of spider-man games have been in the past mm. This one's like you can stick them on a wall, you can throw them on the ground, you can use that girder over there and swing it into four of the guys and kill them because, let's not lie, that would kill people. Yeah. Even though Spider-Man doesn't kill, just like Batman doesn't kill. He just runs this over is... with his car at 100 miles per hour. <laughs> <laughs> There's that. Okay, quick Batman rant. Even when he's not running him over with his car, like in uh, Batman Arkham City... He will fight the dudes in the middle of the night, in winter, outside. There's snow on the ground. He'll knock them unconscious, break three of their four limbs, and leave them on the ground. They're going to die. Like, they are effectively dead at that point. Batman can tell me all he wants. He doesn't kill people. That is a way you kill people. You're morally responsible for those deaths, Batman. I don't kill people. I just leave them in a position where they die pretty easily. Yeah. It's like, I don't kill people. I just tie people to chairs and put them in the middle of freeways. Yeah. I know I know it's the cars that are doing it. But do <laughs> you share some responsibility here? <laughs> have you seen Batman vs. Superman? I have not. I'm not a Zack Snyder fan. Okay. Don't worry. You're saving yourself a lot of trouble. But Batman yeah. kills an awful lot of people in that. Yeah, that's what I've heard. And yeah. I mean, like, not even, not even, like, in a roundabout yet very direct way. He just straight up Crushes kills them people with his car. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so really, this whole thing, Batman doesn't kill whoever's currently running the storylines and how Batman operates doesn't agree with that hundred percent. Wasn't the original Detective Comics Batman just a guy who ran around with a gun? Yes, I think original Batman did have a gun. 
I mean, this is like the 30s and 40s, though. I mean, we're looking... Yeah, I read this thing. It was on Gizmodo. Let me take a look here. Golden Age Batman is what they call it. And, uh, yep, Detective Comics number 33. He uh, straight up starts using guns, and he shoots people down. So, yep. Definitely not You are correct. Definitely not killing people with guns. He's probably just shooting them in the leg, giving them flesh wounds, and they'll be fine. They'll totally heal 100% from that. Rubble bullets. Yes. Beanbag (laughs) shots, I'm sure, which they had in the 40s. No, they didn't. Anyways, so the other thing I like about Spider-Man is I feel like they got the Spider-Man character right, which a lot of games struggle with and movies too. I mean, I think Peter Parker is initially identifiable with people because he's just a dude. Like he starts out as a high school student or he's a college student or he's just a struggling newspaper photographer, which, hey, there's a lot of prestige there. He never has any money. He can't pay the rent. He's not doing this for the glory of it. He doesn't get any glory from it. And his life generally sucks. And so he expresses that through extreme amounts of sarcasm and quipping. And I feel like they did that pretty well um, in the game, in the trailer that we saw, the gameplay trailer. How much of that is gameplay? We don't know. Where he's just put upon, people are telling him what to do. Nobody really respects him. He's putting his life on the line for the city. And he gets pretty much nothing in return. Which I think is the core of the Spider-Man character. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) It's hard to argue. You make such a good point. Plus, plus one, says Wade. <laughs> Do we have a plus one button? Yeah, we'll make a sound. It'll just be a bell. Ding. Yeah, we'll when sound. one of us agrees. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so quick break. I found the Instagram feed with the rabbit. <laughs> oh, I'm going to put Instagram it in. Feed. Okay, I want to include this because it is terrifying. <laughs> Check it out later. And yes, if, if you're listening, click that link because it will give you waking nightmares. All right. So that's enough for that. Okay, so Spider-Man, what else? There's a new Minecraft I don't care about. My kids might be stoked, but who knows? 4K and it looks pretty. I don't really care. No, it's Minecraft. New Xbox One. Yeah, which appropriately we're like 35 minutes into this and haven't mentioned that yet. Yeah. Because I think it got buried. I think they're like, check out this hardware. And everybody's like, we don't care. What can it do? Like, show us. It's got a teraflops. They said 4K like 18 times in a three-minute span. People were playing a 4K drinking game. Yep, every and time. they're all dead. They are all dead. It's fact. They all died from alcohol they, poisoning before they, finished announcing the Xbox One X 4K. 18 shots in 87 seconds. They're all dead. Yeah, it's very sad. But yeah, we don't care. Like, congratulations, your hardware specs are kind of comparable to a gaming PC from three years ago. Like, that's amazing. Way to go, guys. The whole point of the console is that you can really focus down what you're doing with the hardware to work for the games that are being written for your hardware, which is nice. You can do that. And so you can have lesser hardware than gaming stuff and look really pretty. But don't tell us, don't tell us about the hardware when it's not that impressive to anybody who knows what you're talking about. Yeah, I don't think anyone who's, like, just an Xbox player really knows what a teraflop is that's the thing okay yeah so that's it so people who know what you're talking about don't care because they're not impressed and people that do care what you're talking about because they're xbox fanboys don't understand what you're talking about so why do it this way microsoft last e3 you said you were making a commitment to bring back microsoft into pc gaming what you've done is told us some stuff we don't care about neglected the stuff we do care about uh, like they only mentioned 60 FPS on one game, which was Forza Motorsport 7, and yes. people who you already have 
probably don't understand, they might go and look up, but not really find that information useful for why they should spend another $650 to buy another console that they essentially <laughs> already have. Yep. Frustrating. It is very frustrating. I don't understand who's running the show over there. I don't get it. It's doubly annoying for me because I have to put up with it because my digital movie and TV library is on Xbox. So I can watch it through my PC, but if I want to sit down on the couch and watch it, I need to have an Xbox. Ooh, Far Cry 5. You mentioned the Far Cry series, not this one in specific, though. Okay, again, we're going to get this out of the way. It's beautiful. It looks... <laughs> Absolutely gorgeous. I've been to Montana. That is Montana. Uh, that dog. Yeah. Can I get a dog that takes the weapons from the enemies I just murdered and brings it back to me? That would. That's just. That's all I want from a dog. Mm. That is ideal man's best friend right there. Yeah. Mm. Okay. So the one thing I'm not a huge fan of is this whole team building concept. What I like about the Far Cry series is that I, a one-man wrecking crew, can murder <laughs> 87,000 people. In this country where I don't belong, and they can't do anything about it. That is the power fantasy, right? So part of me is like, I just want to do it on my own, but it sure seems like the game is set up to be like, you need this dude with a bus, you need the sniper, you need the guy with a plane to drop bombs in your enemies, or this is not going to go well for you. And I'm like, I don't want to rely on these people. Let me do it on my own. They're going to fall into a very similar trap that Halo 5 did, where they're mm. going, oh, your team is your weapon, but where they could be used, you literally have to aim and click a button that isn't just shoot your gun. So if you want to target, kill this guy with by the plane with dropping bombs on him, you might as well just shoot your gun. Yeah. Well, that, 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 that's how I've played Far Cry in the past. I've played it until I get a sniper rifle, and then I snipe everyone to death from a mile away, and they never see it coming, and it never gets old. That is all I want to do. So they're going to give you all these AI partners that you have to babysit. But... Well, okay, so that's the thing. With AI that you have to babysit, either you make them invincible because it sucks to have your escort person die because of something you had no control over, or they make them squishy and they die easy and you get frustrated. It's hard to do it in a realistic way where they can take damage, but it's balanced enough to where they're not going to die if you don't pay attention every second. And no one's really done it well. So I'm really interested to see how Far Cry 5 decides to tackle that one. Yeah, I think they'll just give them a reasonable amount of health and give a down system where they'll take yeah. a drop down. You've got to go over there and hold A to revive them for 30 seconds or something. Yeah, that's a pretty good compromise. I'm not going to complain too much about that. Mm. I, I mean, I'll complain because I would rather be alone with my dog. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. Give me a dog. Give yeah. me a dog who retrieves weapons and maybe tackles guys and bites them in the throat every once in a while and I'll be happy. Yeah, that dog, best part of Fallout 4. True, which I haven't played, but by golly, dog meat lives on on the internet. Very strong presence out there. Another notable miss was Red Dead Redemption 2, uh, which yeah, they've, they've, they've announced and then said nothing about it. It's like, dudes, what's going on? Just give us, just be like, just do the Metroid thing, right? All Metroid was was, here is a Metroid splash screen. We're coming back, and everybody went nuts for it. Just do that. Just like acknowledge you're working on this thing. You've already announced you're making progress. Give us like a 30 second clip and call it good. I just don't know why this is impossible. They know people want it. Just show them something. Yeah, it doesn't have to be amazing. We don't need a five minute Spider-Man gameplay trailer out of the Red Dead Redemption 2 game because I don't have it yet. We know that. You just barely announced it. But give us something. Next time, give us something. That's what I recommend. 
All right. What was another one? Life is Strange. Did you watch any trailers for that one? The Before the Storm prequel. I never finished Life is Strange, the original, so I'm not terribly excited mm-hmm. for it. I'm like, it's three episodes, so it's shorter. And yep. as a prequel, hopefully, if I might look into it and then see if it revives my interest in finishing the first one. The problem with those games is I basically got burnt out hard from Telltale. And yeah. the story goes wide and then just back down to narrow for the end. Your decisions matter for about 20 minutes. <laughs> yeah, they try to give you the illusion that your uh, choices matter, but... Nobody really wants to flush out a huge decision tree where that actually makes sense and do the animation for everything about it. So mm. it is an illusion. It is a fake and everything kind of generally ends up in the same no matter what you do. Yeah. yeah. Usually because publishers or whoever's funding a game isn't going to dump a bunch of money into stuff that people might not see. They'll just be like, well, yep. that's a whole lot of wasted money. <laughs> yeah. It would if make you... the game way better. <laughs> If you have 87 different distinct outcomes, yeah, you're going to get split your player base. 3% of them will see outcome number 86, but you have to spend as much time on that one as you do on 85, and that's a hard sell for the publisher for sure. I mean, as far as expansive gameplay goes where they really fleshed it out, like The Witcher does the best job with it, but most of the stuff you do really has no bearing on how the game turns out. I mean, I I have I haven't really investigated this too much because I'm just happy with how my playthrough finished. And I don't want to have regrets, but um, there are good endings versus bad endings. You know, endings where people die, endings where Geralt ends up with somebody else, and I just. But everything is generally the same thing, which it's understandable because, like we said, programming multiple endings is fairly impossible to do it on a budget. Any interest in Monster Hunter? Uh, no. Okay, how about how about the eighth time you've purchased Skyrim VR? Oh, yeah, I'm definitely going to be totally excited for when I get a VR headset. They're really expensive <laughs> in Australia. <laughs> really? Yes. I mean, they're I mean, they're not cheap here either, but yeah, I can understand that. <clears throat> Everything I've heard about Australia is that it's about 8,000 times more expensive than anything here for reasons I don't understand. It's a long way away, so shipping costs. Shipping fair. Yeah. But like why are Digital games are more expensive, right? They are. Yeah. Uh, so, I say... Yeah. Uh, I should just leave. <laughs> <laughs> so, here's the thing. Like, why is Skyrim the everything game? I mean, I guess it's sold a hajillion copies, and everybody's played it, but everybody's played it. Everybody's yeah. played it to completion. And it doesn't look like it does anything different with VR, like Dune kind of does. It just looks like I'm teleporting as I walk and now I'm still doing the kind of boring combat that Skyrim had. Where it was, yeah. you know, if you played a mage, it was just hold left mouse button. Right. Yeah. You're, just a, you're a blowtorch now. Congratulations. Yeah. 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 Or I played it, uh, again, this is my play style for pretty much every game if I can. Stealth Bowman. So <laughs> I would get stealth. I'd get a longbow. I'd shoot people from as far away as possible. They would never see me before they died. And that just gives me a lot of pleasure. Mm. A lot of happiness is that way of playing it. So it does look like the bow mechanics, like at least you're doing some kind of hold the bow, draw the string back, release kind of thing, right? Yeah. I mean, that gives it a little bit of interactivity. Uh, Yeah. But it's not enough. Like, it's not enough for me to get VR just for Skyrim VR. There's nothing about that that compels me to do it. And I think getting VR... It will amplify the problems that I had with the leveling system because mm. when you're doing the motion of pulling back a bowstring, 
you expect it to have a little more weight for it than it's going to do X amount of damage. With Skyrim, if you played as like someone who was, I'm going to do a lot of blacksmith and crafting and get those levels up and be a trader and a barter, if you just did that for fun, you would slowly out-level where you were putting skill points into for combat and then you would go back out and because everything's scaled the first battle you run into you have no combat skills and you it, you're out leveled by the enemies yeah it it's a problem there are definitely problems in the leveling system in pretty much all all of the the bethesdas what am i how am i elder scrolls elder scrolls games like there's a word for this oblivion morrowind what's the uh, elder scrolls got it nailed it so, yes, I'm just, there's going to be a killer app for VR. There's going to be something that convinces everybody to get the VR, but I don't, we don't have it yet, and Skyrim's not the answer. Do you want to do a quick StarCraft minute? Yeah. Okay, so if you're listening to this, you probably know already, but I cast the open rounds of the WCS Jönköping uh, tournament held in Sweden over the weekend. I cast it with the Nidus, which is a great organization over on Twitch with Turd Zergler. He was my co-caster out of Colorado. It still blows my mind. I can cast a tournament that's being held in Switzerland with a guy in Colorado while I'm in Utah, all at the same place because the future is crazy. But bottom line, I cast for eight and a half hours. It was a great experience. I'd love to do it again. I think I will have the opportunity again as well. I'd like to cast one day the round of 16. So speaking of the round of 16, I just want to say... Are you familiar with how this played out? You were able to watch any of this? No. Okay. I did get spoiled about an hour and 20 minutes ago on who won the whole thing. Okay. So uh, we're we're going to talk StarCraft spoilers here, I think, for the rest of the cast or the rest of the podcast. So yeah. if you don't want to be spoiled, which if you're a huge StarCraft fan, you probably should know this mm-hmm. on some level already, but we're warning you and you should just bail right now. Yeah. All right, so here's how the, the check this out. There were two Protoss in the round of 16. Two. 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 Petit Drogo and Neeb. And then, yeah, and then Neeb wins the whole thing. He beats Sort of. He beats Special, who's killing it lately. He 3 0s Kelezer, and then he beats Serral, a really strong Zerg in the final, 4 3. So. And that's two. That's two in a row. He won WCS Austin as well. So Neeb is definitely, definitely on the rise as one of the best foreign Protoss that we have ever seen. I mean, he's killing it right now. Yeah, definitely. And it's, I mean, it's, if you watch his games, it's not, he's not just doing the same thing either. Like, he's doing a good job adjusting to what the Zerg players are doing. He's using everything in the Protoss arsenal. I've seen him use Void Rays in PvZ to great effect, but I'm like, that, no, Void Rays aren't good against Zerg, and then somehow he just kicks butt with them, and I'm like, how? Because it's Neeb. Because it's Neeb. Colossus disruptors, the force fields are godlike, the micro is on fire, he's just killing it. So if you're a Protoss fan, it's a good time to be a Protoss fan, because Neeb is incredible. Yep. And the other thing is, there were 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, there were 10 Zergs. Ten Zergs in the round of sixteen. Like four Terrans, then yeah. Uh, yeah. Euthermal, Semper, Kelizer, uh, and Special. Who did good? Like hmm. I think all four of them. Well, they couldn't. There was a TVT in the round of sixteen, but three of the four made it to the round of five. So I mean, they represented. But uh, it's so Zerg. But it's crazy. It's like the situation where I think the game is a little bit in favor of Zerg. I don't think it's crazy crazy in favor of the zerg race but they're really good it's just neeb is good enough to overcome the advantages that zerg have to win i mean it's it's a situation i don't think we see a whole lot of 
what makes you say it's in favor of Zug? Although, uh, other than the fact just, that there was ten of them. Yeah, so it's just little things. Um, I think. So one thing I think that Zergs have managed to figure out is that Ravagers are just good <laughs> in pretty much in pretty much all situation. Um, partially because they're not armored or light, which is something I think people have made mention of. I don't know how much attention it gets with the actual cast. So it doesn't take bonus damage from stuff that does extra to light. It doesn't take bonus damage from stuff that is extra to armored. So tanks aren't that great against them. Marauders aren't that great against them. But at the same time, things that are great against light um, also don't get that bonus either, like Hellions. So you can get Ravagers in your army. Corrosibiles are good at zoning. They're not so much good at doing damage except against stationary targets. But as far as forcing the other army to move, because taking a Corrosibile to the head is bad news, um, they're just a really good, really good uh, utility type unit that isn't super micro intensive, but that's just kind of one of the things that the Zergs have been enjoying lately, at least in Legacy of the Void that I've seen. Okay. It's hard to argue against any of that. Yeah. Yeah. When you're and then as far, <laughs> <laughs> and as far as ZVP goes in particular, this Hydra Bailing style, which I, I'm sure you've seen, right? You've caused somebody going mm. Hydra Bailing yeah. against Protoss. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's it's pretty much the meta right now, and it's just hard for Protoss to deal with. Bailings destroy Zealots and Adepts. You got to use a lot of force fields on them. Um, if you're focusing on the Bailings, the Hydras are doing a lot of damage because they're glass cannons and they hit really hard unless they're being directly attacked. And so it's just, it's a very nice, it's a synergy that Zergs have figured out. And again, nothing's new here, right? Bailings and Hydras are not new to StarCraft II been a while. by any been stretch. For a, little while. a little while. Hydras did get that 90 hit point uh, buff. I mean, not that. And didn't Bailings get a 5 HP buff? Yes. So they got some little tanky buff there as well. So again, it's just little advantages. It doesn't mean you can't beat them, obviously, as... As Neeb showed us, but it's just it's an interesting trend, and I wonder if we're going to see some balance changes to kind of take away some of those tiny advantages Zerg have. Maybe let it swing back the other way, but it's hard to do it as long as Neeb is winning entire tournaments to say that Zerg is overpowered. Because if that was straight up the case, it'd be a Zerg standing on that podium, you know. Or unless it's just a matter of get good Zerg, like you have advantages and you still can't beat Neeb. <laughs> <laughs> Which I'm sure a lot of people firmly believe. It's possible that people believe that, but I think at the end of the day, it really does come down to, like, a... I think Protoss and Terran just kind of need to work things out for, like, beating... Any race just kind of need to work things out a little bit more. I can't talk to the balance of StarCraft as a gold-level player. Usually what I find is a lot of people will go, ah, this is overpowered, that's overpowered, nerf this, buff that, and I just think... Could we just try and work out something first before, you know, just throwing slapdash patches on everything? Yeah, and that's that's part of the beauty of StarCraft is it's evolving. The strategies of today are different from the strategies of a year ago, which are different from the strategies of the year before that. It's not a static game. And it's not because of balance patches entirely. It's because players are experimenting and they're looking for new ways to use existing units and existing abilities in newfound ways to win and i think that the best players can do that and the best players will keep doing that which is why i love this game yeah it's great talent will shine through above yeah yes mm -hmm. <sighs> all right so that's my soapbox that is my <laughs> my zerg minute should we wrap it up or do you have anything else we should talk about today uh there is a couple 
things I wanted to talk about. Did you see, I'm going to take it back to E3, but you reminded me when you said the word cast. Did you see the Darwin Project? Mm, I think I missed that one. It's another survival game, Battle Royale survival game. But the, the presentation had a surprise halfway through a shout caster for it live at on, on the <laughs> stage and it was like what are you saying nobody knows what anything is about this game and you're yelling about <laughs> how uh some guy's in a house and he has the advantage for it and then because uh, microsoft's trying to push mixer their streaming service they had during the middle of the shout cross he goes someone from mixer decided to chime in and apparently you're going to be like people in the chat can get onto the screen I couldn't imagine Twitch chat scrolling by on a StarCraft game and having all the casters being able to see it with everyone else who's watching it. It's right there next to when you're watching the live matches. But I usually kind of close that off. Yeah. Well, yeah. if it's... Okay, so here's how this works. If it's live commenting, it needs to be either incredibly well curated, somebody mm. who knows what they're doing is watching these and kicking the ones out that shouldn't be on TV, right? Yeah. Or it's insanity, and you get a bunch of garbage up there. So that's a hard thing to do. Yeah. What caught me out about it? The guy casting it, he only brought mention that somebody had said something, not what they said. (laughs) (laughs) That's the way to show it off, yeah. And I went back and tried to have a look, and I couldn't even see what, like... It came up as, like, a big circle, being like, somebody from Mixer... And I guess it had their comment there, but I just couldn't read. Sure. And also, who's going to use Mixer? Uh, some some people. Not enough, probably. Probably not. So I'm watching the trailer. The art style is interesting. The yeah. art, what does it remind me of? Mm, Battleborn. <sighs> yeah, a lot of Battleborn. Good call. Yep. yep. So Hunger Games. So you drop people into a wilderness. They try to kill each other to win something or just survive, I guess. Yeah, to just win. Just win. The other interesting thing about the Darwin Project is they announced it, I think, two games after they said that Player Unknown Battlegrounds is coming exclusively to the Xbox. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. So they paid yeah. a bunch of money to get two exclusive Battle Royale games to compete on the same platform. <laughs> smart. Yeah. Smart. And by that, I mean not smart. Oh, this person just went invisible. I think that's another thing that's there. The person from Mixer uh, gave them that buff, the invisibility buff, if you or an invincibility buff oh. if you kind of look at it. Yeah, so like in the Hunger Games where you're watching, you can give your favorite contestant some advantages. Ah, I kind of like that. That's fun. Hmm. It could be interesting. Yeah. yeah. So just they really emphasize viewer engagement then, which hmm. could go either way, I suppose. Right, but... It, really kind of lends to how do the viewers engage is do they have to pay microtransactions to engage with someone in a match how long are the matches how often are the matches because you'll get someone who's oh i might try this microtransaction to see what happens but you're not going to have that happening in every game ever so you can't really sell the game based on that feature yeah unless it's free but when you reduce the cost of anything the amount of people who are going to use it is infinite right and then it gets unwieldy yeah huh could you imagine playing a battle royale game where everyone's invisible uh yes it sounds terrible (laughs) 
which is which is very silly. Maybe not as as um competitive or fun, but silly. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I'll keep an eye on that one. That does sound interesting. Obviously, they can go different ways with it, but mm. I'll put it on the list for sure. Yeah. Okay. So, anything else you wanted to hit off here? Uh, no, I guess that's about it, really. There's some other okay. stuff on my list from E3, but most of it's just didn't see enough, won't be out for a year. Yeah. I actually forgot. I do have something else. <gasps> okay, go ahead. <laughs> yep. So I sent out a request to a graphic designer for a new logo, and I believe yeah, yeah. I can share that through Skype. I worked out how to use it. <laughs> <laughs> On the fly. The size is gigantic. It is... 5,800 by 5,800 pixels. Okay, that should be big enough for iTunes. It should be. Okay, it's coming through, it's coming through. Australian upload speeds. <laughs> yeah, I got it. No, canceled, no, download. Down- oh, I guess it's too bad. I thought it was I thought it was stuck, but it's just downloading because it's ginormous. Okay, here we go. And view. Can I view it, Skype? Yeah, there it is. Yep. Oh, yeah, I like that. Are you a bunny? Yeah, you, that's my logo. I'm a bunny. Aw. Rabbits are cute. That's Sue me. The, the rabbit and falcon hour. That's <laughs> a little dangerous for one of those parties. <laughs> are you planning on eating me alive at any point? It's nature. Like, you can't get mad about nature. It's the food chain. Like, that's a direct link in the food chain is rodents and birds of prey. Wow, I think you just described me as a rodent. <laughs> Rabbits are rodents. They're adorable is what they are. We're not rats, well, sure. damn it. Genetically, you are, basically. Basically. <laughs> nice. I like it. I like the colors. It reminds me of fall, which is coming up, I suppose. Oh, autumn, right. Autumn, yes. Do you not call it fall in Australia? No. <laughs> not really. Yes. All right, well, we'll wrap it up here then. Uh, Again, check out the notes section for links to what we talked about, especially the Rabid Peach Instagram account, which I guarantee will make your day. Uh, Hit that subscribe if you want to catch us every single week here on the Falcon Paladin Hour. And until next time, as always, thanks for joining us, and you take care of yourself.